Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book. I'm a registered dietitian, now what? Where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with registered dietitian Libby Rothschild, or you may know her as the ever so popular productive dietitian on Instagram. I hope you all had a great holiday with your family. I think I'm pretty sure I ate my weight in cheesy potatoes and bread and butter, which are delicious. And I absolutely love being cozy with my family around the holidays. As it's gotten colder, I have found myself reading a little bit more because what's better than a fireplace, a blanket, and a good book? Please send me your favorite books right now. I would love to add them to my list for my winter hibernation and cozy series. And I hope you've had a chance to read my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What? If you have any feedback you would share, I would love that. And I'm open to anything and everything you have to tell me about the book. I also find myself when I'm reading more, I'm eating a little bit more popcorn because it's warm and cozy too, right out of the microwave. Jolly Time Simply Pop Popcorn is the perfect book reading companion. And if you visit jollytime.com, you can get some great money-saving coupons for your next warm and cozy book reading snack. My conversation today is with registered dietitian Libby Rothschild. In the past year, I have met many new professionals and friends on the social media platform of Instagram, with Libby being one of my absolute favorites. Libby is very passionate about being a strong support system for other registered dietitians and RDs-to-be, as well as individuals passionate about food, sustainability, education, and other health professionals. She wears many different hats as a registered dietitian, and I can honestly say after interviewing her in person, she loves all of them. I admire her for the value she brings to our profession and her ability to create relationships, even on the internet. This podcast is something you will for sure want to listen to, and it will remind you the world is your oyster and there's so much out there. Please enjoy my conversation with Libby. You don't, you don't talk about your personal life a lot. You know what I mean? Like that's not something Well, that I think some of us do. It depends on your do. brand. Yeah, so depending. I've chosen, I really want... And that's it. People have asked me that, you know, why don't you post pictures of him and things like that. I've, I've been asked that actually quite have a few you? times. And I really want it to actually be less about me. I struggle with that. Like, I do want to have it be about me, but I really just want it to be about nutrition. So, that's what you want your focus to be. Yeah, I want it to be an engaged, continuous conversation about how applied nutrition uh, our relationship with nutrition on a daily basis and how, you know, like nutrition and policy and large scale nutrition concepts are carried out and our opinions about them. And it's, it's a big topic. So that's why I've been putting into themes and I still have your info on, oh, on sugar sweetened beverages <laughs> or, um, Splenda or, or artificial sweetener, which I do want to air. I've been trying to, cause I love to think, I think in like systems and processes mm-hmm. a lot. So I like to organize like, uh, data or ideas so I've been doing this like themes and months trying to have things make more sense but as I progress I want to even get more focused I've been thinking of shifting things a little bit more uh, you know as I develop more because I pretty much used Instagram to 
develop my brand and niche, which is different have. than, thank you. I'm still working on it, but a lot of people say the opposite. <laughs> they say like, know your niche and then. Yes. And, and then do it. But you're just doing it. You're just doing it a different way. Well, I, I, I don't agree with a lot of the, you know, that people like I've seen, uh, I actually just created a video course, a video editing course, um, to help dietitians or nutrition professionals. I mean, technically anybody could take it, but mm-hmm. I, I do target dietitians. Sure. Um, I want them to be able to, to know that the technical aspects of creating a micro film or micro video for Instagram and, um, being able to, you know, whatever it is, whether it's a recipe, a vacation, or maybe it's them talking about a certain hot topic. I want them to be able to understand the basics of how to edit that, but with free software. So my main thing is I want people to feel that you don't need to buy, you know, I've done everything on iMovie and on my iPhone and I, I, I'm looking at getting because of high volume, I'm looking at getting a camera at this point, but I've been doing it without that. And I believe you can get started with minimal equipment. You know, you don't need to buy software right away. You don't need to, I don't think you need to know your niche. I think as a dietitian, that's enough. You just need to start understanding what works for you and use that platform to help you figure it out. And I think that's pretty different than what a lot of other people say, a lot of folks, and that's intimidated me to start. It's taking me so long to start my online presence because I was told like, you know, you have to have everything figured out. And I just didn't to this day. I still, I'm still trying to figure it out. I mean the whole niche thing, right? Like I, I would like to actually reach out to healthcare providers and make an impact with doctors. And, um, but I, that to me seems very difficult. So I thought, you know, why don't you start smaller and build your way up? And, and that process, I cannot believe how, how much of a supportive process it's been on Instagram and how many amazing people like yourself that I've met that I'm able to message and chat with. And it's just, this has been my journey trying to figure out how I communicate nutrition. And it's been so wonderful to have the support, you know, of going through that journey, even figure I've learned video on just by teaching myself and working with other folks. And it's just been really cool to use the platform to get to where I am today. And, and I didn't, I'm still figuring out the details. You're still learning. How did you, so maybe let's go back to um, school and kind of when you were in school, yeah. you know, what was, you decided you want to be a dietitian. What, what were you inspired by to be a dietitian? Sure. So my first career is in personal training. So I've been a personal oh. trainer, certified personal trainer for uh, a decade now. See, you can teach me how to get buff. <laughs> I didn't know this. I, I, I could. Yeah, I could. That is uh, one of, one of my, uh, one of my skill sets. Uh, I love exercise and I think it's, you know, um, so empowering and important. So when I first, uh, went to college. I also did gymnastics like as a child. So I have a background in that. When I went to college, I was interested. I developed a stronger interest in physical fitness and my college at the time didn't have like an exercise science Mm -hmm. degree. And I remember taking a nutrition course it was an elective and enjoying it. And then I thought to myself, well, we have a nutrition track, but not an exercise track. Why don't I do nutrition and then combine the two? Because I was convinced I would, you know, from the beginning, I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I wanted to do my own thing. And I thought I'll do private practice nutrition and I'll start with personal training and then I'll combine them. That was my initial thought process. That was my process all throughout undergrad and even grad school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was encouraged to, to, I chose clinical nutrition as my master's degree, mainly with the idea of combining my fitness background with nutrition in private practice. And that is absolutely 
opposite of what I want to do now. <laughs> and I like I get it. You know, some people say dietitians say that they do want to pigeon, they don't want to pigeonhole themselves, and some dietitians say that you know they know for sure. But I can say that I was so convinced that I would do, I would combine the two entities, and I absolutely do not want. I'm not interested in private practice at all. Not at all. I, I don't want to focus on individual counseling. Like I believe in, I want to do like make efforts on a large scale. So I like teaching and research and I'm interested in, I do like policy. I'm very interested in sustainability. Uh, I guess I, I like, I consult for a sustainable non-for-profit. I remember you and I spoke about this before yes, yeah. organization that um, grants voluntary certification to food services options that sign up for this voluntary certification. And they have to fit certain criteria based on an algorithm for sustainable practices, sourcing local food, composting, et cetera, based off of a lot of criteria. And I'm more interested in work like that because I feel like it, it makes a larger impact. And I think that dietetics in general is so focused on the individual um, counseling and sessions. And I just don't think that that, that really is going to help. I think that the, I believe we need more people or more dietitians doing, I guess, advocating for more change. Uh, and so that's kind of how you got into um, just finding different platforms to make sure that you're well able to do that or so it's actually a funny story i um during my personal training days i had a couple websites i think i had two you had websites yeah Your own personal ones yep i had yes. i had a couple when i was throughout I, I was never into social media i guess with school and personal training i was very consumed in the didn't two have any time <laughs> yeah i didn't make the time at the time I didn't I don't think I understood the significance of it I was not an early adopter I'm still um, I only really use Instagram but I um, had a couple websites and one of them I remember I blogged pretty often and it just didn't I didn't really understand how to make it big and how to really use it to my advantage and so after a while I, I don't remember how but it didn't, I just didn't continue it and I was feeling a little discouraged about it and I could have hired somebody I think I, I did hire somebody to to create the website at a photographer but there's so many pieces and at the time I only had a few of the pieces out of out of the whole um project completed so I felt a little discouraged about it and I kind of gave it up gave it a rest and then after, not until years in, into my practice as a dietitian, I started getting involved heavily in different aspects of adding value to dietetics um, with my teaching. I just really expanded with my teaching and my, at the time I wasn't published, but I knew I wanted to be published. So uh -huh. in my head, I was like, this is going to happen. <laughs> so I remember telling a girlfriend who I used to personal train with, um, her name is Melissa, and she's also like an entrepreneur wellness previous dietitian. She has her master's in public health. She's an awesome lady. And I hadn't seen her in years. And we caught up at dinner one night in, in her apartment. And she said to me, wow, you know, I didn't know you were teaching. I had no idea you were, you know, working with healthcare providers. And we got to talking and she said, you know, there's a disconnect. You haven't been communicating what you're doing. Why don't you use Instagram? Because it's easy. And I said to her, mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't have, you know, I don't need a site. Like, what's the point? You know, I was, I would think I was being a little negative about it because I was still a little bruised from previously, although I don't even know if that can count because I didn't even have all the, the pieces, right? I, I just, I attempted it and I felt discouraged. Mm -hmm. And so I tried, I said, you know what? I guess I'll give Instagram a try because out of all the other platforms, um, even though I'm attracted to video, I thought Instagram was just the easiest and I wasn't looking for complication. 
uh, YouTube I'm also interested in, I find that a little bit more complicating personally because I'm not, you know, the video aspect. When you do a short film, it seems more manageable, a one-minute video versus long form. Mm -hmm. So I, I had always wanted to do YouTube, felt extremely intimidated. And because my, you know, my friend... Uh, who I had a strong personal relationship with, had suggested it and kind of made me feel uh, she was supportive and empowering about it, I thought, you know what, I'll give it a shot. And so I, I started an account. And then it just slowly, I, I had no idea who I wanted to reach out to. The I, I just was like, you know what, I think this is a good opportunity to network and meet other folks and uh, share my story. I had no idea how to share it. And I just slowly evolved over I'm still evolving and want to shift a little bit more towards I guess less collaborations and more of me talking mm -hmm. I'm going to shift a little bit more towards like nutrition news and hot topics and it's just you know I think that you have to take one thing at a time and see with a trial and error what's working and what's not and that can be really frustrating and challenging for people like myself because when I first started with my failure of a website I was <laughs> I was so discouraged and I didn't have anyone there telling me, like, keep keep doing it. I just felt overwhelmed. And I don't want professionals, specifically dietitians or nutrition students, to feel that way. Because being a dietitian or on your way to being a dietitian, that's enough. Oh my gosh. But I don't You're feel so right. I don't feel like a lot of dietitians feel that way. I think that they feel um, understandably, you know, intimidated or unsure about how to stand out or differentiate or branding or niching down or whatever the topic is I just want you know much like how I felt when I first started you know finding your voice and whatnot just takes time and support but I think we're a pretty supportive group of ladies I, I've had such an amazing experience online even this conference um, at Fancy I've been able to to meet people that I've connected with like yourself online and just have wonderful fulfilling conversations and relationships mm -hmm. based off of our stories or posts you know your you know podcast which I enjoy listening to and then it's just been really great so when you think about like you said you know I think that's a really good message about when you start a blog or when you start a website yeah. and you're just like I don't really feel like I have all the pieces together and where do I figure that out and you just get discouraged and you end up stopping it and that's where you know how does how can we reel that in for dietitians I how do you think, feel that what's the key I think that's it's really great that like the, how you ask that is nail on the head. I think that we need to create a supportive community. Um, I think that, you know, dietitians giving love back to each other, engaging with each other the way that you and I do, uh, I guess that whole um, community over competition or supporting concept, like instead of saying it, like actually doing it, like how you have your podcast empowering other dietitians, that's an example. And if somebody doesn't want to go to that scale, like I often give shout outs to other dietitians on my stories and I collaborate them with all my, all my videos. I repost their photos. Like that's my effort and that's my brand and, and people can make that unique to theirs. But I think that's the first step. I also think, um, you know, maybe offering, whether it's like a mastermind retreat, face-to-face, uh, -face, or online courses. I have ideas. You know, I just finished editing, or I just finished an editing course I had mentioned um, to help people create videos, but I would like to also do a course on helping dietitians with branding. So finding ways uh, to have people connect and understand and empower them to send their messages and just fill the gaps that we don't get in school. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of us, depending on our background, I feel like 
if you're a dietitian, you have the knowledge, you have the ability, we're the experts. And I think it's our responsibility to make sure that we're showcasing that and whatever way, whether it's a, you know, it doesn't have to be Instagram. It doesn't have to be a photo at the end of the day. It has to be your brand and it doesn't have to be perfect. No, that's a good, yeah. that's a good point. But I think as perfectionists, we think, and we get intimidated. We see like the speaker today, um, Abby's kitchen, you know, she's got such a big, you know, she's great on video. Her photos are beautiful. And, you know, she, she works hard. She's got the Pinterest, she's got YouTube, she's got Instagram, you know, she's Facebook, she's doing great. And people see her and feel a disconnect and think, I'm not sure how to get there. And mm-hmm. I think they like, it's not A to C there's, there's so much more in between and then understanding like what works for you. And, and maybe you don't like video. That's okay. Then don't do it. Do something that makes you feel comfortable. And if you're not a photographer, there are options, you know, you can invest in yourself and learn you can hire somebody else or you can repost other photos, but there are ways to communicate your messages and your brand, um, whether it's, you know, you're evolving to be there. I, I just think it's important for dietitians to at least get started. And, and I, I know it's hard. I struggled with it too. But drawing on that experience, I hope to give, you know, encouragement as a team to other people who are dietitians to be able to get out there um, so that we can collectively send those messages. And we need to. Yeah, without a doubt we need to because we're, I mean, the, the biggest thing I hear from dietitians, one of the biggest things is that we, you know, there's all uh, the media and we're always, you know, battling uh, with these myths. It's constantly having constantly. to say, and, it, and depending on if you work with adults, kids, you know, whatever, whatever field you're in, you know, food service, clinical community, whether it's, you know, a family dinner across the street, anybody finds out you're a dietitian, the question is, um what do you think about the ketogenic diet, right? And so those questions about, you know, tell me what you think about fasting or tell me what you think about the detox diet. And then, and then it's finding a way to say it where you're, you know, you're still, you've still got your cool because I mean, honestly, those questions come up a lot. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a difficult job because number one, answering those questions politely. And then number two, keeping up with all the new questions that get asked constantly. Right. Yes. So I think it's, and then, you know, we're, we're battling with the other nutrition people or people who like nutrition, who are popular, who might have different skill sets that we don't have, meaning, um, business skills and whatnot or marketing skills. And they go out there and, and send these messages on on shows or any kind of public platform where consumers see that and feel connected to them but the reality is that that's not evidence-based so although of course all dietitians vary in their opinions because we're all individuals Mm -hmm. uh, at least you know you're pulling that source from uh you know evidence-based somebody with an evidence-based background so i think it's at least moving towards that step of trying to make sure that we're reaching out to the sources that are backed by dietary guidelines or backed by evidence-based information, that's the start. And so to do that, we have to collectively come together and showcase however our brand is, whether it's body positivity or whether, you know, there are some dietitians that focus on weight loss. And I understand that that might be not be trendy because it's anti-intuitive, but according to research, you know, weight loss and calorie counting, it is a controversial subject, but however a dietitian wants to go about it, I'm usually just supportive of a dietitian because Mm -hmm. he or she is a dietitian or a nutrition student, because there are some out there, some nutrition students out there who are doing an awesome job growing their brand and sending their messages. So I just think that making those concepts more commonplace to 
dietitians and nutrition students and giving them a voice is powerful. And that helped personally from my story that helped me for you. So yeah, let's kind of, so you, you, cause your current position, you, she does all this fabulous stuff online and she's very active on Instagram, but she does work too, like a full-time job and does lots of other things. So maybe tell us a little bit about your background, your professional background, What's getting you the paychecks right now? Because, you know, everybody, sure. I think that's a big question too, is like, you know, people see us on social media space and yeah. like, oh, is she making hundreds well, of thousands of dollars doing well, this or how okay. is that working? Sure. So I have seven streams of income. <laughs> seven? Yes. Yeah, oh so I have a, a, full, <laughs> an, a full-time job. Uh, I'm an outpatient registered dietitian for underserved community in the South Bronx. I work overtime weekly, so I work in another clinic, which is affiliated with my hospital, and um, I work a late shift, so I, I work until late evening and just pull like six or so extra hours a week. I do that consistently. I just kind of integrate it as an aspect of my job, but it is overtime. So my full-time job, overtime, I consult for a non-for-profit um, non-government agency called Eat Real um, to grant uh, voluntary certifications to food service establishments uh, who are focused on sustainability. I am a lecturer, so I speak at conferences. If I'm asked, I sit on faculty for $11.99 in New York City, and that is um, for hospital employees who are part of $11.99 Union. And so I, when they ask me to, I sit on faculty for that and speak on My last topic was uh, related to adult oncology and nutrition um, implications for oncology patients, and and lung. So it was uh, lung, lung and oncology, lung disease okay. and oncology. And I uh, am part of a grant. I create a curriculum for dental residents, and I get paid for that. And I also, there's another one. Oh, I create online courses on Instagram. So I co-created a course to help registered dietitian nutritionists grow their Instagram. Uh, so I, I collaborated with a food marketing blogger on that and I'm on my way to making my own course, which is just my own. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. The, it's the, the video editing course and I want to make it a part three. So I want to make that one be an an extension. I want to do part one technical. I want to have part two be about branding and then part three be about storytelling and then offer it all. If somebody, if if someone's interested in, in all of them. Uh, as a as a packet, or if they want to opt in individually, I just want to have that be available. And the the uh, how dietitians can grow on Instagram is continuing offers continuing ed credits. I've thought of becoming a continuing oh, nice. ed provider. Mm-hmm. And then my last one is I teach medical students um, medical nutrition therapy and behavior change modification. So I get paid. I teach every six weeks. They rotate through my clinic, and that's just an eight a.m. lecture. So I when I do lecture and I get paid to lecture, I just would I lecture before my shift. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I don't really talk about that on Instagram because it doesn't relate to what my what conversation you're to is. On so my mm-hmm. yeah, on Instagram I'm trying to set myself as a little bit different. I want to create a safe, comfortable space um, for dietitians and people interested in nutritional science. And I want to I want to have a continual conversation about the complexities of nutrition on a large scale. So, you know, not only the individual um, nutrient focus, but really how nutritional science is applied on a larger scale. Which is why I'm interested in sustainability. Which is my next. I do themes every month, and that's my next theme. And then um, also, I want to connect with people who. I don't want everything, I mean, sustainability is a little bit specific, so my next theme will be healthy eating around the holidays, and then I'll be New Year's resolutions, and then I think I'm going to switch over for the for the um, 2018, but I like to plan, not all of my content ahead, but I like to plan my Your themes. themes ahead, 
And uh, yes, so I have a little system going on right now and the system will be modified as I shift a little bit more towards speaking a little more independently without collabs. So right now I collaborate every time I do a video, but I'm gonna shift it and have it be the video collabs maybe less than half the time. And just, mm -hmm. I, I like to try one new change at a time. Sure, yeah. And see how it goes. And I, um, yeah, so I don't work with brands. I'm choosing not to. I okay. wanna set myself apart. My uh, my idea, I can't speak for the future, but for right now, I do not work want to work with any food brand. I just want to represent nutritional science, registered dietitians, and myself. So I will wear shirts so that, you know, a dietitian creates a shirt or a mug or your podcast or your book. I'm giving away another book from another dietitian wrote. Um, that's what I will be doing. And um, I am giving away HelloFresh boxes as part of my themes, and that will end at the at the end of the year because I asked them I'm friends with the marketing manager HelloFresh oh, and she said that for my contests I could give those away nice. as part of uh, yes yeah after that I'm not doing that anymore and I want to just at least for a year just go without that because I think it's important to I understand why dietitians work with brands mm -hmm. I get it but I want to you have to find a way to make yourself unique and to explain how that fits into your brand and I think not working with food brands works towards my advantage because I teach medical nutrition therapy in academia and I'm trying, I'm in the process of getting published, I want to be invited. I want people to invite me to, you know, conferences in academia. Mm -hmm. I want people to want to know my opinion. I don't want to have to say I'm affiliated with A, B, and C. And I understand whatever trajectory you're on that might work for some folks, and I get it. I, I'm not looking down on folks who work for PepsiCo. Like, I understand that that's what they do, and that fits in line with their brand, but it doesn't fit in line with my brand, and I want to make sure as I evolve, that I am letting people know I'm very clear about what I do and who I am. So I, I'm not looking to, to have sponsorships on Instagram, mm -hmm. even though that's mainly what people do on Instagram. Yes. I'm looking to uh, represent and sell my course or possibly coaching services. I haven't figured that out. Um, I do have dietitians ask me questions and sometimes I'll refer them out. If there is a need, I would be happy to help people on an individual level. But for now, I'm just, I'm going to approach the courses route and then see how that goes. Um, evaluate it in a few months after I maybe complete the package that I had said the editing course which I completed after launch it and then the storytelling and branding I'll see how that goes mm -hmm. and then and then kind of make the decisions based on that but I would be happy to to work with to coach dietitians um, if that's of if there's demand mm -hmm. it's all about what people want so the market is the market is the market and they tell me what they want <laughs> and I'll give it to them with that fits my brand so when you get the responses from dietitians, are you getting those inquiries? Are you seeing that dietitians, there's a need for help with video and video editing? And you kind of mentioned earlier too, like you don't want people to spend a lot of money on equipment yeah. and um, software and things like that because it's not necessary. I think that it holds people back. I think people feel, and I fall into this category as well with some extreme aspects of my personality. <laughs> So I feel like, and I, you know, I'm very much, I think that falls under perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Like I feel, I still struggle with this when I, when I time block because I follow productivity task management systems. So I try, I like set uh, my daily, I try to set an agenda for the day of how to maximize productivity and get more things done. And so when I batch tasks and I do certain tasks in a time frame. I find that I always want more than I allocate my time for because I'm such a perfectionist and I have a hard time, you know, 
curtailing the task. So, so that is a challenge of mine. Um, what was the initial question that we were talking about again? Just you know the cost of and how you how how oh. dietitians feel oh, intimidated right. by. Yeah. Okay. So all right. Thanks. Tying it back in. <laughs> so I think that um, people feel much like how I feel. I have to spend more time on you know finishing a lecture or a talk or something like that. And it was you know it's it's fine the first time. You don't need to spend five more hours on it. I think a lot of people feel if they're not perfect on camera or if they don't have a camera. Uh, versus a phone or they don't have the right software, then they, they feel like there's too many steps, and that's understandable. But the, the point is that you have to accept failure and allow failure. And I look back at some of my old videos, and I say, you know, they, I've, I've evolved a lot, and, and I will continue. I want to continue to evolve, and I, th- I would think that people are afraid of starting and evolving, but the reality is that people... Uh, enjoy seeing the process. They enjoy following you through your journey. They enjoy seeing how you improve. And I think it's just taking that step. And so my goal with this course that I'm finishing creating is to show people that you don't have to define your niche. You don't have to buy equipment. This is actually an iMovie specific course given that most, I, I can't, I mean, I'm assuming most people have an iPhone. I mean, it, it can work for Android, but I'm mm-hmm. using iMovie specifically, not just showing how iMovie works because people can Google that, but specifically for a microfilm, meaning under one minute, and then giving people footage that I've allowed them to download and actually manipulate those clips oh, nice. into the products I've shown them so they can not worry about too many. I want to constantly eliminate steps. So I'm not telling you to film and do this and do that. Like, let's just learn editing. Here's a clip I've already done. Let's make product A into product C. Here's how and test it. So it's very much a hands-on experience. And I think that once people see that the evolution from of branding and and whatnot can just take time, and then the the editing, the technical, like can improve as well. I I want to inspire other people to do the same. However, in whatever sense they want to do, maybe they want to do cooking and recipes, and maybe they want to do travel, and maybe what fits their brand is talking about body positivity, like whatever it might be in the realm, in the large realm of, of the field of dietetics. I think you know it's important to empower people, and maybe it's not video. Maybe that they don't want to do a lot of video. Maybe they just want to do a couple, or they don't want to do any. So then that would, they still would need to have a brand and be able to, I think dietitians need to learn better how to storytell and how to connect with people. Um, I think those skills are definitely um, in high demand and they fall under, they can fall under with marketing too. I think that it's important to be able to understand how to do that, whether you're one-on-one with a patient or you're speaking to a group and understanding how to adjust that tone given the the audience. So uh, that's, I think a lot of people struggle with that. But I'm hoping to empower people and help them the the way that I learned so that people can uh, improve and and take us through their process. I think people are just afraid about failing. Oh, completely. And I understand that. I totally understand that. And I I, I like to call myself a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> I do. I still I have I still have, you know, I still spend too much time on everything I do. And it's I have to accept that that's a part of who I am. But um I also have priorities, so I, I over-focus on certain things and perhaps under-focus on other things because I, I really want what I do. It's not that it's perfect. I just want it to be valuable. Mm-hmm. I want what I do to add value, and that doesn't necessarily equate with perfection, but, <laughs> but people, I want people to get something out of what I do. Well, and I, that's what I love about you and how you've transformed over just me following you is that 
you're great putting yourself out there as, you know what, when I started on day one, it wasn't great, but look at how far I've come and I want to share with you how I got here. Thank you. And that it's realistic and it's obtainable and you don't have to have fancy equipment and you don't have to be a super guru software editor. Sure. I just think when you tell people that or when you give people that impression, you don't have to tell them that. But when you say, when when people look for a course, because I've done research, there are courses available for Final Cut Pro um, what about the folks who don't have Final Cut Pro? Yeah. And I, I call myself a nutrition videographer, and I still I barely bought ScreenFlow. <laughs> and ScreenFlow is a, a software for your computer where it captures your screen, and I only bought it to create a course because I used someone else's ScreenFlow for the last course I co-created. <laughs> so I still use iMovie. And I think that people just, I think I want, I want dietitians specifically um, to understand that, you know, it's about the message. And, and it's about, you know, feeling empowered enough to communicate that. Like, we should be able – I know not everybody has a strong personality, but finding the way that works for them to communicate the message. And it, absolutely, it doesn't cost money. It doesn't cost a lot of money. iMovie comes to the phone for free. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you have a, a little tripod, which you can buy for 10 or $20, or even a selfie stick, some kind of stable device. And I even have a friend of mine, a dietitian, who's in two or – three or four of my films next month for my theme. And she held the phone out in front of her she with her hands. Steady hand. <laughs> yeah. And she did an amazing job. And, and she, I'm so happy to see her putting herself out there. She's got very strong opinions. She's incredible. And it, that goes to show, um, she, you know, her lighting's not perfect. Nothing about it is perfect, but she's perfectly herself. And I, I just want to see her grow to, you know, just, continue with sending it's just the message that she sends I feel like she adds a lot of value and she's speaks with such conviction and that's beautiful that's what we need and I think it's important that you mentioned about value and how you do try to make sure that there's value to your video your content but you also add value to other dietitians oh thank you that is a huge part of your brand because like you said we all need to kind of be on the same team and support each other well I like adding value to other dietitians I like seeing what other dietitians are doing and no matter, again, no matter what their brand is, no matter who they are or where they're living, I, you know, I love international dietitians. I want to give extra emphasis on dietitians that don't fit the norm of what the statistics are for dietitians in America because 95% of us are white females according to the um, dietetics registration statistics. So I think it's so important. One of my best friends, two of my best friends in the field, uh, my my closest friend is from Dubai. She came here to um, she came here for her master's degree, um, and she's incredible. And then my other good friend from grad school as well. He's uh, Mexican American, and he they're both just doing incredible things in the field. And I think it's important to showcase all the diversity that we have, if possible, diverse opinions, diverse backgrounds, and just you know to have a voice in some way. And uh, it's interesting, you know, I think where do the dietitians on social media, where do they congregate? You know, is it, <laughs> is it Facebook? Is it Instagram? Is it YouTube? Is it Twitter? Like, I'm, I am interested in that. It's, it's kind of a big question to ask, but I, I mainly focus on Instagram. So I'm not really big on the other, I don't even engage on the other ones. Do you feel that, that's a good point though. How do you feel about, like, when you think, you say you're just kind of strictly on Instagram. I mean, there are so many other outlets. Do you think it's good to focus on kind of one and kind of really hone in on that? Or do you think that you should spread yourself across? So it depends. I, like, strongly believe just one because, short answer, just one, 
that well, I guess that's because what I did. Mm-hmm. So once you master one, the the idea is that you're also mastering your brand. So if you have a strong brand, you know what you're gonna do, and you want to go across platforms, great. If you're still learning, you're still getting your voice, you don't have an action plan, then I say go one. And you can always pick up others later, and it might even be easier. So I do have a YouTube now, and I'm still, I have created longer, I created a longer video actually about productivity. It's like seven minute clip. And I also like collaborated with an awesome YouTube dietitian um, who does more of a long form video. Long form just meaning more than one minute, because I would say my specialty is under one mm-hmm. minute. And I think uh, it's it's great to to be able to invest in one platform because once you've understood that, then it's easier for your audience once you, and and it's not just about popularity, it's about your brand. Once you get your brand across and you're clear with what you want to do, then transferring that over to other platforms becomes easier. And I speak from personal experience. I don't have a Facebook, like I don't have a professional Facebook. I don't have a Twitter. I think I have a Twitter, but I don't tweet. Um, I'm I, like I'm new, like I said, I'm new to the YouTube thing, but only because I'm a little more established now. I still feel like I'm still figuring things out as I go along, and I'm not in a rush. I rather do one thing well than a lot of things decently, because I think once it's once you decently master one, it's much easier to go across. And that's my personal opinion, based on my personal experience. And I think other people could argue that, oh, it, you know, I should go here and do that. But at the end of the day, you also have to find out like who are you trying to target. So for me, I'm actually more interested in more of younger dietitians who I assume might gravitate towards Instagram because I want, you know, the, the, the I think I want to add value if possible, connect with dietitians of the future, newer dietitians, the ones who are required to have a master's degree, not necessarily like 20s, but, mm-hmm. but maybe uh, 20s to, to 40s or 20s to 30 to, to 50 something like that, dietitians who are more familiar with um, how to use Instagram for for starter because I think it's just a platform for the youth and then the Snapchat would be for even younger and I'm sure. not I'm not quite targeting that demographic like um, maybe people who are in high school or, or s- that are interested in nutrition. I'm not targeting them. I'm targeting people who are either in the field or on their way to the field that um, need help or just want to have that collaborative experience because I just feel like that's not very strong on social media. I would agree with you. I just feel like a lot of people are in it for themselves and Mm -hmm. I think it shows when you do that. Absolutely. And I think that that kind of makes people feel like you're not really going to support them and it kind of turns, it makes people feel inadequate and it makes people feel frustrated and I felt that way with my websites when I first started and it really made me feel like discouraged. And I think, you know, if I had that support, I could have been even further along on my journey and I didn't have that. So maybe I can give that support to somebody else and help empower a profession as a whole and not just think individually, but think collectively. And much like how I feel about individual counseling versus like large scale approaches. Yeah. I just feel like you make more of an effort when you are more of an impact. Um, But that's, you know, other people are, I'm not, Private practice and individual counseling is fantastic. It's just not something right now that I'm interested in focusing on. So that's why I like courses. You can help many people and teaching because you can help a group. So those are the kinds of things I'm interested in at this point. And you know those questions are things that if you're wondering them, you know there's other people wondering them too and they need that assistance. And I think there is more of a gear towards being more collectively together as a group and helping each other out and I think that's you're in the right space for that right now yeah thank you I I also I'm I'm interested in um just from 
our field? Like, what is it that, what is it the dietitians want out of Instagram? You know, because I thought they just wanted to grow their account. But the question is like, what do they really want? Do they want to, they really want to partner with brands? Do they really want to increase their following to write a book? Do they, like, what's their justification for being on Instagram? Is it a hobby or is it a business? And um, what's their action plan? Do they have one? So those are questions that I probably need to be asking people in order to... <laughs> do you th- Yeah, do you think that that's what... That's a, probably a good thing that dietitians should ask themselves. Like, what do they want from their accounts? Right, and and a lot of people, and, and you know, if it is a hobby, that's totally mm-hmm. fine. There's no wrong answer here. It's just a matter of taking actions that correlate with what you've chosen. So if it is a business, then much like business, there's a strategy and the strategy might mean you're putting out content every day. Mm-hmm. And I've experimented between content twice a day to content once a day. And I, I don't have answers. They're very much an experiment. Um, but I think that, yeah, those are really important questions to ask ourselves. And if you're adding value to that field, it's important to know what people want. And um, and probably if you find your brand and you kind of figure out more of that along that line, you're going to see, what, like you said, what the need is. And you're going to get that response. For what the need is. Yeah, sure. And there's also a lot of levels. There's people that don't know their brand or and that are trying to figure it out. There's people that know their brand and haven't quite used the right techniques and strategies. Or people that are using the techniques and strategies and know their brand that want to do even more. That want to, you know, increase, maybe uh, create products as well as services. So there's kind of like tiers of of what people want. Um, so I'm just more interested in, in the, the details about those tiers. Like what is it that people are interested in? So I need to be asking more people those kinds of questions. <laughs> well, and that would probably, that's kind of probably what you're doing with your video series and your, your class series that you're doing. Like you're trying to help people navigate that a little bit more. I am. And it would be in my best interest to create and curtail my content based on what people say. So their responses would be probably good for me. Um, I mean, I can create something and then get feedback or I can get feedback and then create something or a combination of both. But yeah, definitely. And you get a lot of comments. I noticed, and you respond to all your comments. Like I saw one of your, your posts and I think it had over 150 comments. And I'm like, how does she, you take the time and you really do read yeah. every comment that you get from your... I do. Reading. Well, the thing is, I think that people assume that Instagram is just a visual medium where, you know, you write a comment, say that's great or something short. But what I challenge is actually engaging in a conversation, um, a meaningful conversation on every post. And, and it could be something small scale. Uh, it could be something just about food or it could be something about, you know, um, new, news and nutrition or something conflicting or controversial, ketogenic diet, a fad or, or, or not, or not. For debate. <laughs> Um, but I, I try to, every post, my brand is I ask a question on every post and I want, and it's evolved into a conversation and I don't think people see Instagram as a conversation, but that's how I see it. And, you know, with a platform with over 800 billion users, I believe that that is the perfect space to engage in a conversation. If people are tracking it often and we're creating communities, I think it's, it's a good place to talk about dietary guidelines. Why not talk about sustainability? Why not, you know, mention uh, recipes and certain, you know, questions and substitutions that people have want to talk about? Sugar sweetened beverages, artificial sweetener, like these are really hot topics and loaded with emotion and confliction, and uh, that's what I think we need to 
accept and know that's going to happen and engage with on whatever level that works for your brand. But yeah, I, 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 I do get comments and it makes me really happy. Um, but I believe that it's because I consistently ask for comments. So and you're I, creating those conversations. Yeah, right. So I'm trying to create conversations. And I'm, I'm a little surprised with how awesome the conversations have been. Um, and some of them, again, some of them might be something about food, small scale, not, um, I, I, some of them are light. If we're going to go on a spectrum, <laughs> yep, some of the, some of the questions are on the light, <laughs> the light scale, and some of them are on the heavy scale. And so what I want to do is, you know, include people if they want to talk about a lighter or heavier topic, they have the option. So some people might be returners, some people might be new, some people might be waiting for that question that speaks out to them, <laughs> but I want them to feel included in that dialogue because I believe that nutrition is a dialogue and not a monologue. So it's not about me saying something as the end all be all just because I'm a dietitian. It's me facilitating that conversation and encouraging that, that discussion and, and encouraging critical thinking because I believe that that's the cornerstone of nutritional science because as you know with the dietary guidelines always changing and research studies and even research in human nutrition is so difficult I think instead of the hard yes and hard no it's important to um, just talk about things just start with a conversation which is why I did this podcast yeah I think that's where I think in our profession the conversations and like telling the story and you know, being able to be a storyteller, that kind of stuff is what really resonates with each other and resonates with the public. Hands down. And I, I'm trying to get better at storytelling. I feel that that is so important. Um, I'm actually, I've gotten a couple other people to storytell and I realized that I need to storytell more too. And it doesn't, it could be relevant to, to whatever the topic is, but there, um, there's nothing more profound than storytelling for sure. Um, so that's, that's great. I think it's a good way to connect with people. When you think about all the stories that you've heard and all the conversations you've had, you're able to share other dietitians stories by your conversations, which is another great form of storytelling. Yeah. I'm hoping to have a a theme dedicated to storytelling and trying to help people engage with that and realize, you know, bring out, and sometimes I'll hear, I'll see comments and I'll be like, wow, that was incredible. Like, you're, have, like, you're like even taken back by it. Yeah, like, wow. and I, yeah, and I actually met someone recently who I'm in the pro, I'm in the process of getting her on a video um, for the feed, a collaboration with me because her story is amazing, like really touching and emotional, and I'm very inspired by her. Um, but I've seen some folks in their comments um, write about you know family deaths and write about tragic accidents and things, they write this in the comments and it sticks with me and, you know, words, captions work for some people. And I believe the visual medium of of video is, I am strongly believe that video is the future. So I think being able to tell a story through video is really moving and profound. And so I want to start to do that more. Um, and then have, yeah, not just myself, but include people oh, that have cool. stories too. Um, I so far have a couple stories about why people chose dietetics or why they ended up in this field. And then the stories can range from a myriad of different conversations in the realm of, of nutritional science. It doesn't just have to be limited to something personal. Mm-hmm. You know, storytelling when you give a lecture is also important oh, or else you are completely. dry. Yes. I don't want to say I'm guilty of that, but if I don't tell a story, I mean, I'm no. I can say I might be the most excited person about the content, but I have to get other people excited too. Mm-hmm. Especially in your medium that you're, you know, teaching other medical students. Yeah, I would say I would and... say some uh, there is a disconnect. 
you know, I am probably the most excited person in the room. <laughs> That's okay. You'd rather be that person than be the opposite person. It's <laughs> a good way of putting it. But yeah, I'm def- I, I think nobody cares about my content as much as I do. And I would say that about the lectures, but that's probably true across the board. I think that's probably true for most dietitians. Like, I feel yeah. like we're more excited about diet, like nutrition and dietetics than probably the average person is. So I think that's why we just like yeah. tell everybody as much as we possibly can what we know and we don't take that step back. And I really think if we were to tell a story and kind of, you know, stories have a beginning, middle, and end and really allow that space to have somebody engage with your story, that's just such a good way to make a connection and have people feel comfortable and and be able to get through to them. So I think that I really believe storytelling is the key. But storytelling and nutrition is not really... That's not a thing yet. No, but you're going to make it a thing. thing. You're going to make it a thing. I would like to make it a thing. I would, <laughs> I would, well, what I want to make a thing, uh, in addition, that's like an extension, like a subcategory. What I want to make a thing is just to have people, um, feel comfortable and confident enough to have their voice be heard in whatever, whether it be caption or, you know, however they want to ex- express their voice. My, my chosen medium is video in short a uh, short, short video, but however they want to express themselves, yours is podcast. And that's amazing that, that they do that. And that finding someone who's a podcaster or a videographer, there should, you know, be more people who are doing it, mm-hmm. um, and whatever medium they choose so that there's, there's just more people out there who are being the experts and, and helping clear out that consumer confusion. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It's just being that expert. And well, Meeting people where they're at, wherever they are. Well, that's the more important thing is meeting people where they are. And I feel like that's difficult. It is difficult. It's very difficult. And it takes a lot of adjusting and understanding who's your audience and taking a step back and understanding how you're engaging with your audience at the time and how your audience can change and so can you. So it's tricky. It's very tricky, but it's important. So... Uh, yeah, I think that all all that stuff is, are really those are really fun topics and um, fun to think about. Sure. And, and well, and just like thinking about where you're going, like you said, 2018, you're going to try some different things, and I think maybe if you talk about that too, like how sure. when you start to become comfortable in your in your environment and what you're doing on social media and yeah. how you need to keep growing and expanding. Yeah, well, Gary Vaynerchuk, my mentor hero online, said Madonna reinvented herself 17 times. 17 17 times. times. And if you think about it, I th- I mean, he Probably. might be exaggerating, <laughs> but that, I mean, we can't deny that Madonna has had some changes and she's incredible. And I think that, you know, Yes, when you brand yourself, you want to stick with your niche, but you're always recreating what you do and how you do it. And and that process and that journey is fun, and it should be fun. And if it's not fun, you might need to adjust a little bit. Maybe take a break. That's okay. Uh, take some time off. Uh, rediscover. And, and again, I think that that's the challenge people have is they don't know their brand or they're frustrated with finding out their brand, but the reality is is learning your brand. And it might take a month, and it might take a year, and it might take more than that, and that's okay. Um, but that whole, that whole process. So as I've, it's kind of been a lot of different factors cause I, um, I do evaluate things. I try whether on a biweekly or a monthly basis or such and ask myself, uh, more of the unscalable than the scalable. So I don't use statistics or anything like that. Um, for like Instagram, I, I don't measure anything. I probably should. I don't post it. I just kind of do things when you I just get a chance. It. Yeah. 
what I try to look at is the unscalable, meaning the impact, how many people message me and how many, you know, meaningful comments. How can you measure that? A comment where somebody is, you know, genuinely connecting with you. And those to me mean more than a number, the number of followers or the number of comments, because that's, you know, impact that you're making. And that to me is really special. And that that's so inspiring and encouraging for anybody is the, the level of impact that they're making on, on an individual or a collective basis. So um, when it comes to my, you know, you asking about my brand evolving, I think I've actually had to analyze my time, given that I do have multiple sources of income and ask myself, given my free time, my, I do love She's to, saying air quotes there, free time. She I, doesn't have a lot. <laughs> I, I love to, I, you know, I do, I do have time. I love to work. Like I don't, I'm not trying, you know, as an, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you're asking yourself, you're basically telling yourself to work 12 times harder than a, a nine to fiver. Entrepreneurship is not glamorous and sexy. Entrepreneurship is lonely and, and you're working your butt off. And, um, I, I've recently said in a post, like I come from a family of entrepreneurs, like hardworking, mm-hmm. um, Russian immigrants, second generation. And, and I was raised in a family where you, like, you have to work. Like I wasn't told you have to get an education. I'm the only person in like a, a medical related, you know, field. Like I didn't come from a family of doctors or anything. I came from a family that said you have to work. Like they didn't, they don't care they, what you do. I mean, yeah, they, like I was, you know, lightly pushed to go to college and I did, uh, and I'm happy for it. But even when it came to grad school, there were like loans. Oh no, like just work. And, you know, I made the decision that I made and, and that's, it is what it is. But, uh, I was under, you know, that's how I was raised and I, and I really believe in hard work and I, I think I love it. I love the process. I enjoy what I do and it is challenging. Um, so as I, take a look at my time spent when I look and see, okay, and, and again, like how much of an impact am I making with my time and what can I do to rearrange things that make more sense for my evolution and, and what's most important to spend more time on first? Um, and those are like kind of loaded questions. So I've, I've realized with working with other dietitians, although it's actually gone pretty well, uh, cause I do try to plan ahead of time and then I'll edit and whatnot. Um, it's going to take less time and be more fluid and possibly more current if I'm not, you know, keeping content like a month or so before sure. airing it, if I'm able, to, if I do more of just me. And so I think I've gotten to the point with my brand over this last almost year, uh, like um, cultivating my brand to know what kind of um, messages I want to send, how I want to send them and engage and ask questions and um, I will have collaborations but the center will be you know me talking about a topic and having it I'll be filming more frequently and it won't be as planned ahead because it's going to be about an article that came out last night so I want it to be extreme I want it to be like a cutting-edge source of nutrition news information and trends and so it started out with just topics that I liked like plants and cooking <laughs> and intuitive eating and exercise and, and cultural nutrition. Those were my themes because those are what I love about nutrition. And it will evolve to be more of what topic came out from the New York Times yesterday about, you know, Google Maps adding calories. Um, yeah. So that's going to be that an automatic video. And then so I've gotten to that point because of the experience, first of all, without the technical editing, there's no way. I, I mean, I can edit very, very fast. But it hasn't just been me editing myself. It's been me editing other folks' content. Mm-hmm. So I, I've had hundreds and hundreds of, 
uh, videos experience over the last um, eight months or so, six or eight months to be able to now. So now I, I'm, I've gotten more fast in it and being able to, the, the actual technical aspect. It was just a matter of putting myself on a schedule and then um, being a little bit more focused about what I'm putting out and what people can expect and then having it look cleaner. Um, and so those are all things I'm working towards as I evolve. And it's just, I didn't think it would come. I didn't imagine it would be plan that. Yes. I I started, right. I started it because my, one of my girlfriends I used to work with had said to me, you're doing things in the field that are interesting. I didn't know about it. I would like to know. Can you please let me know? Isn't that funny? Just like one thing, like one person just kind of changed your whole, yeah, your whole adventure. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, you know, it's been, I just got to say though, she started it, but when I went on Instagram and I met people like you, just supportive, wonderful women from around the country or even the world, and I'm able to connect and relate with and then come to this conference. It's just been so amazing, so incredible. It just makes me think like it's it's fun. I enjoy it. It, it is, it, you know, it is a business because I'm, you know, moving towards, like I have mm-hmm. a course moving towards that. And that is how income I get income from Instagram. But it, it's also like I enjoy it. I really like it. It brings it's a good thing. It's a positive in your yeah, life. It's, yeah, it's it's fun being able to chat with these people whether they're, you know, people that I went to school with that are, you know, in New York close to home or people that live in another state or even another in country. country. <laughs> it's just been so amazing. It's it's just incredible. It's a huge it's a huge opportunity. Just I think just even just to meet different people that I never would have had the chance to meet before. Definitely. And I, you know, I I love I love knowing what are other people doing like mm-hmm. the podcast that you do hearing your story about that. And um, I'm interested to know like how that first started the same way you're asking me how my Instagram mm-hmm. started. Cause I think that's incredible. You know, podcasting is it's the future is podcasting. The future is voice because voice we, and storytelling. I really feel is both. I, I, I agree, but, but the voice is the medium. So that's the most important True. because podcasting is the future. Listening audio is the future. It's not, uh, it's not video, it's not TV, it's hearing things, you know, the low-level multitasking. So I'm not saying multitasking <laughs> in the traditional sense, but like, you know, in an in, in, in task like laundry with a, a, a podcaster, for me, would be commuting, you know, mm-hmm. in the New York City subway and sure. podcasting. And I've been doing that for so long. Oh, I bet and you to, to be able to see and, and hear from dietitians that you have on your show in a podcast form is just wonderful so I really enjoy that it's fun it's fun both ways it's fun I just I learn a lot from your Instagram account Thank and you. just That's like so like you know seeing other cultures and other just what other dietitians are doing is just always amazing to me and 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 that's the feedback I get the most is that people like seeing what other dietitians from around the world are doing and that's mm-hmm. really cool. It is. That's and I think cool. it's cool that I don't know about you but like as being an undergrad and internship it's like you kind of think oh the only jobs I'm going to ever have are, are in clinical or in food service yep. or in WIC and that's it. And I think you're bringing out just all the other opportunities that there really are for well, us as professionals. I I appreciate that. I think that um, unfortunately, especially depending on the way you think, um, the rotations, I mean, you can't blame any, uh, no. any, any nutrition professional for assuming that the, uh, the job opportunities are clinical community and food service, because that's how our rotations in our dietetic internship are set up. Now it might vary. You might have a more focus on a stronger focus on food service versus clinical. That's the only difference of the internship mm-hmm. is that they might change the, if we were on a pie chart, the 
food service is larger than clinical and one, where clinical is larger than at the end of the day, you are all eligible and then you take the exam, you become a dietitian. But we're we're so such an old school mentality is that you fit into those. But it's it, it's it makes sense because we're moving into this world where nutrition is taking over the world in so many ways. And not only we we have a couple problems, we have too many people that want to be in the field and we have too many people in the field that aren't asserting themselves enough to show the public that we're the expert. So we need to bridge that gap and, and do that and, and stay true to how we feel. And um, so that's important. It is very important. So it's much. important. Well, I feel like we could talk for 100 years. I feel like we have to like check in and maybe do like a podcast just like every like half every six months just to kind of see what you're working on vice versa so we can check in and see what's going on that would be awesome i would love that thank you so much and kind of advancing throughout your career thank you so much i really i appreciate that i i would love to chat with you anytime (laughs) i now that we finally got to meet each other yeah i've been looking for you know i've been enjoying following you on instagram and your podcast and I love hearing the different guests, not just dietitians, yes. but the different, yeah, the different nutrition folks that you have Mom and hearing is. their perspective. Yeah. So I think that's great. And can I ask what, I don't know if you've shared this before and I've missed it, but what got you to start the podcast in the first place? Just my, again, my love for podcasts. I feel like podcasting is the best classroom I've ever attended. And so I think that. That's I'm a good just, quote. Have you used that? I haven't. I haven't. That's good. But I think that's just, it's just a good avenue for, again, like you said, it's, you can do it while you're doing the laundry. You can listen to it while you're exercising or commuting. It's just a way to learn without having to have anything else but your phone or a headset or whatever. And yeah, I think that's why I like it. So can I ask you, are there a lot of, and this might be a tough question to ask without statistics, what is, what does it look like in the field of podcasts and registered dietitians in this space? I'm not quite sure. You know, there's lots of I'm not quite sure. You know, there are a lot of there's dietitians that are up and coming in the space. A lot of them are kind of doing more of the science nutrition background um, where they're interviewing experts and talking about certain topics that are nutrition related. Um, So I kind of think I am trying to take a little bit of a different perspective of just trying to promote our profession. I love it. Do yeah, you're fantastic, and that's why I think you know we need more of both. I think we need more kind of of both. Um, angles of nutrition and dietetics, that it's not just science, nutrition, and eating and wellness, that it's also people and faces and stories and, and expertise that needs to be shared. So absolutely. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, um, I, I love it. And I feel at least since I've been loving podcasts for so long, when I first looked, I didn't see too, too many. Yes. There's and not a ton. I still feel like there's not a whole lot. There and I don't know if it's more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, I love what you do and I love your thank podcast. You. So I'm so glad you've been there as a resource for well, me. And so it's that. it's great that you it's great that you so keep on doing it. We're and resources for great. each other, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> Always important. Always yeah. important. So will we like maybe to be continued for like episode two, three, four, and five the next few years? I would love that. Oh, that's so sweet. That <laughs> would be great. Maybe we can always reconnect at like Fancy or some other. That would be. I would love. To, I would love to go to Fancy next year. Or mastermind that you create that I could attend. And sometime. I would love that too. <laughs> Whether it's a mastermind or I can fly up and visit you, yes. uh, we could definitely do that. We can make that would be happen. that would be fantastic. I would enjoy that. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, I have a couple of fun questions for you because I always like to end my podcast with fun questions. What is your favorite food? My favorite, like a meal or just one food? It can be anything. Food? It can be one food. It can be a meal. I would say anything with, with um, chunky peanut butter <laughs> or homemade peanut butter. So that could be 
peanut butter and bread, peanut butter and oatmeal, peanut butter and fruit, just anything with a nut butter. Like I'm a huge nut butter fan. Do you make your own? I do. My blender actually recently broke, which is a tragedy. But um, yes, I do make my own and I'm so proud about it. Like I put them in glass jars, like sustainable (laughs) jars for the freezer because peanut butter freezes very well because of the fat content. Yeah. And and it it freezes and defrosts perfectly. And I'm not like a a freezer connoisseur, so I don't freeze everything, but then the consistency because of the fat content does a good job. Yeah. So peanut butter... Homemade peanut butter is all I do is uh, and I've brought it to like um work holiday parties I'm that person and in a mason jar and it's cute I've given it to as it's gifts a great gift. and people yeah people will constantly ask like what's inside it's just unsalted unroasted peanuts that's it you just One blend them and talk about easy right <laughs> so easy I mean and it, it's I need cheaper to try this. <laughs> yeah it's cheaper and then than buying peanut butter it's more fresh it's delicious, and you're obviously not going to have the additives. Sure. And, and if you want to big batch it because of the cleaning and whatnot. Oh, yeah. If you're going to do it, go for the gusto. Like, yeah. Make a ton of it. I, I agree. I had a nice little system going on until my blender until got mad blender at me. Blew up. <laughs> my blender was mad. I might have added too many nuts. <laughs> you blended it. Do you, is there like a certain, do you like roasted versus I don't, I, raw? I, so I do, okay, I do the raw. Um, yeah, I don't roast them or anything. No I do, yeah, okay. unroasted, unsalted. I will say the peanuts crush and blend very easily, but almonds, you, you have to roast you them. them. Oh, you roast them. Yeah, I haven't soaked yet. I could do that. But the almonds, are for the consistency, is just thicker and it's harder to sure. blend, so you're supposed to roast them. You could possibly buy them in that form, but you're, yeah, I've read recipes where you should roast and I learned the hard way because I was like, why you're is this doing, so chalky? Why is this not working? I think you did a post on that, didn't I you? I did. You I was did. so excited. Yes. You, so, yeah. And, my, and my, um, my storage at home has... Sadly, ran out, so I need to get a new blender so I can. Up, I picture up my your freezer butter. just being full of peanut butter. So funny, <laughs> so funny. I mean, how much can you make in one batch? I mean, I guess you could do it for the whole you year. Have to buy a lot of peanuts, probably. You, yeah, you do, you do. Yeah. I also like to buy the big bag sure. because it's more. It's also more sustainable to buy large sure. bulk. I like to do large bulk quinoa, large large bulk nuts, I large do bulk a lot of seeds bulk too. And yes. it, I also like to save it in the freezer. I like mm-hmm. to put nuts in the fridge. Um, so, and my apartment's small, so I'm not re- really even sure how this all works out. I just do my best to make, <laughs> you it, make work. it work. <laughs> yeah. So, so peanut, anything peanut butter related peanut is butter, my favorite. Nut butter and peanut butter. Okay. How about a beverage? What's your favorite beverage? Coffee, hands down. Coffee. My favorite. D- all, all day? Uh, <laughs> Like all day? Do you, well, I've decided you don't sleep, so maybe you do have coffee. All I, day. I, lo- you're so funny. <laughs> I love to sleep. I love full body dry red wine. Okay. I do. I love a glass. Um, I'm I, at this point in my life. I enjoy one or two glasses, so it's definitely not. It would be considered moderate drinking. I mm-hmm. just really enjoy the taste, the Epicurean experience of wine. Pair it with a nice meal mm-hmm. or, or a nice, you know, appetizer plate or a nice dessert. Like I enjoy that experience with wine, but I I love coffee. So coffee in the morning, um, sometimes an afternoon cup, um, but yeah, coffee is it just it's also the just the whole experience, the warm beverage on my hands and the cup and and the, the smell. Yeah, and so I don't like the thermos. I'm very against the thermos because it's just that cold feeling on you my like hand. The warm feeling on yeah, your I like hands. the the whole sensation. So I want to feel it. I want to smell it. I want to taste it. And I want to sit down and not be rushed. Like my peeve is maybe just because so much of my life is fast paced. I like sure. to sit down and just enjoy it and just take that moment. To have my coffee. Oh, I think that's really lovely, actually. Like, just taking time to enjoy the experience. Yeah. I like that. 
Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite scent? Coffee. Coffee. <laughs> you know, coffee does smell so good. It does. It's kind of like making popcorn, too. Like, that first smell of it, you're that's just nice. like, oh. I like cinnamon, too, but yes, that's good, yes. too. Uh, but co- I would say the smell of fresh coffee it can't be beat. <laughs> I think I just can hang out at a coffee shop. It's, I don't. I definitely don't hang out at a coffee. No. You don't have time. Well, I don't make the time. Yeah. I don't make the time. I, uh, yeah. I would love to. Maybe oh. in the future. <laughs> Maybe. I could see that happening for you. I've, they have these co-worker spaces, if you've heard of, which seem really cool. Have you heard of co-workers? No. So instead of, like, folks that are entrepreneurial that don't want to work from home but don't have nine-to-five jobs, they can rent a space at a co-working space. Oh, I have heard of that. We just yeah. kind of got those to Des Moines. Yeah, cool. And they're super trendy. So people Mm -hmm. would pay, maybe they could do a day fee or they could do a month fee or they could do like a certain uh, rate if you go in. It's like a gym. Well, some gym memberships have this. If you go in for the yearly bird before three, you get a cheaper rate or something like that. Mm -hmm. So um, they need to put coffee smells in there. They should. Right? They should. Maybe like coffee in the morning and then popcorn in the afternoon. (laughs) Wine at night? Yeah. Happy hour (laughs) at five? Wine at night. That would be a good idea. See how much work gets done yeah. after that? <laughs> Hopefully that is it when everybody can wind down. Yeah. Literally wind down. <laughs> yeah. What brings you joy in life? Um, I I think um, challenging conversations that question the complexities of life. So meaningful and powerful conversations make me happy. Helping other people too. But I really think um, questioning things makes me happy I feel you'll do that for the rest of your life that is my brand yeah I'm constantly questioning I try to be sensitive about it but I'm constantly questioning uh, I don't know but that's what nutrition is all about there's nothing black and white about nutrition you could question every single dietary guideline and what's not in the dietary guidelines like sustainability that will I heard learned from this lecture yesterday will more, more likely than not sustainability will not be in the 2020 dietary guidelines they update every five years so in the new edition they still won't be in there all those sustainable food systems significantly affects you know um, sustainable practices affects our food system in the future of food and our food system so I find those topics and conversations very interesting and they require um, sensitivity but as well as challenging and questioning and learning. So. That is true. And you guys should see her face because when she talks about it, it your face has joy in it. So you definitely radiate that when you are even speaking well, about well, it. Thank it's you. wonderful. <laughs> thank you. Well, I appreciate you taking your time. We are here in Chicago at Fancy this uh, this evening, we're having a glass of wine, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to share with me this experience, and I look forward to more in the future. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm so happy to meet you. Thank you for having me on. This has been wonderful. Libby was so kind to take time out of her crazy, busy, fancy schedule. There's always so much to do during that time. So we grabbed a glass of wine and we shared it during our conversation and we continued our conversation for a little bit after that. She truly brings a new meaning to the word value when she speaks about registered dietitians and I'm amazed by all the things she does and works on because she has such a strong passion for our profession. I'm so glad we became IG friends and I look forward to continue that friendship with her. If you haven't started following her, make sure you do. You can find her at Productive Dietitian on Instagram. One of the best things about going to Fancy this year was my quick flight to Chicago on United and having a lovely warm cup of coffee accompanied by my favorite Dahlman's Waffle. 
It's a waffle made from two thin layers of baked dough. It has a warm, caramel-like filling in the middle when you set it on top of a cup of coffee. And if you want to know more about my favorite flight companion, head on over to Stroop Waffles by Dahlman's.com. And that's D-A-E-L-M-A-N-S. My website, AnnaElizabethArty.com, is where you can read my latest weekly wisdom blog post. I share my crazy current adventures with food, workout music, and things that are motivating me right now, and possibly a really delicious and real deal recipe or what I love right now as well. You can purchase my book and you can find all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these amazing people. Please connect with me on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.